Good morning, everyone. I am Pastor David. Pastor Jeremy is still on vacation, so I'm filling in for him this morning. And I see lots of new faces over there. The passionate singing. I hear that you are from the camp called the Springs. Welcome. And would you give them a round of applause, please? And there are others as well. And if you are visiting with us during the holiday weekend, we want to welcome you to Midland Evangelical Free Church. And I hope that you find this to be a good experience of worshiping the Lord in truth and in spirit. For everyone, happy July 4th. And I hope that you get to enjoy and celebrate uh, the independence, the freedom that we have uh, tomorrow. It's actually the 240th anniversary of the independence of the United States. You know, here are some fun facts about July 4th that I found. Let's see if you know this. You know, we consume about 155 million hot dogs. And that is actually one hot dog for every two people currently living in the United States, all the way from birth to adulthood. And that's a lot of uh, uh, hot dogs. And in fact, it is the largest hot dog eating day of the year. Here's another one. We spent about $214 million worth of fireworks celebrating July 4th. And here's the other interesting fact. 97% of it is imported from China. (laughs) Similarly, 88% of the U.S. flags that you and I might be flying are also imported from China. And so Independence Day here in the United States uh, uh, really helps China's economy. <laughs> so those are some, you know, some fun facts. But in any case, on this occasion when we celebrate freedom, I thought we would look at this topic biblically. So that's what we are going to do. So I invite you to open your Bibles to John chapter 8. John, the Gospel of John, the fourth Gospel, chapter 8, beginning in verse 31, and I'm going to use verses 31 through 36 today. And if you are using the Bible that is provided by the church, which kind of looks like this, we call it the Blue Bible here at at the church, and you will find that on page 1138. Gospel of John, chapter 8, beginning in verse 31, found on page 1138. Now you will also see this on on the big screen. And notice the word that I have highlighted in blue color. And see how many times that particular word appears in the scripture that I will be reading this morning. Verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is that you say, you will become free? Jesus answered, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And you may have picked up that word. I highlighted the word free in blue color as I was reading. And clearly, it appears about four times in these five verses. Once in verse 32, once in verse 33, and twice in verse 36. Clearly, freedom was a topic of discussion in this dialogue between Jesus and the Jews who were having this dialogue with him. But notice a statement the Jews made in verse 33. And let's go back to verse 33. They're saying, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is that you say you will become free? Now, this is actually a very strange statement. In fact, absurd statement. Because the Jews were previously enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. Taken captive by Assyria and Babylon. And then Persia and Greece ruled over them. Furthermore, at the time of this dialogue that the Jews were having with Jesus, they were under Roman occupation. So they have been enslaved. And therefore, this statement must mean something else. That they must, have had, they must have had something else in their mind when they made the statement that we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. So one place to look is actually to Abraham. Because they are quoting, they, they are, since in the statement they were pointing to their lineage to Abraham... One place to look is the Abrahamic covenant. That is the covenant that God made with Abraham. And you will find that in the Old Testament book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And you will see that on the screen here. So let me go back there, Genesis chapter 12, and see what's going on, because they claim to have this lineage with Abraham, and as a result they feel like, That they are free. So Genesis chapter 12. Up on the screen. Now the Lord said to Abram. Again Abram's name was later changed to Abraham. So that's the same person. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. So Abraham was living in a place and God appears to him and says leave all that you have and go someplace else. And there I will settle you down and I give you that land. And here's the a, here's a covenant. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And in him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That was a covenant, that was a promise that that God made to Abraham. Now let's just look at the first two phrases 
that God promised Abraham. The first one is, I will make you a great nation. It is a national promise God made to Israel through Abraham, which had over the years evolved into national pride. In other words, Jews kept saying, we are the greatest nation on the face of the earth. We are the chosen nation. We are the nation that is in possession of God's word. In fact, Jewish rabbis have made statements such as, all Israel are royal children, sons of kings, and sons of the kingdom. Here's another one. The circumcised, again, they, they, they circumcised, the male, male, males were circumcised. That refers to, therefore, again, the Jewish people or the Israelites then. The circumcised do not go down to Gehenna. That is, a, that is a, another interpretation is that the Israelites do not go to hell. If you are a Jew, you do not go to hell. So over the years, the the promise that God made to Abraham had become a national pride, saying that we are the chosen nation, we are are the ones who have the word of God, and therefore we are the greatest nation on the first of the earth. And therefore, the Jews who made this statement to Jesus, that we are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone, how is that you say to us that you will become free men? We live in the greatest nation and the first of the earth. We have the word of God. We are free. Their trust for freedom was on their nation. Then their nation was a source of their freedom. Now the second promise that God made to Abraham reads like this. I will bless you and make you your name great. It is a personal promise God made to Abraham and by implication to all of his descendants. Because the nation would come from descendants of Abraham. As a result, individual Jews considered personal wealth. I will bless you. And therefore personal wealth and fame. I will make you a great nation. Or name great. I will make your name great. And any privileges that came with these as a source of their freedom. So previously, they were considering their nation as the source of their freedom. The greatest nation on the face of the earth. It's the the only nation that had the word of God at the time. And now it's about personal wealth. I will bless you. And personal fame. I will make your name great. And any privileges that came with those two as a source of their freedom. And Jesus says, no. The nation, here's, the, here's the point that I'm trying to make. The nation in which we live, how great, how wealthy, how powerful it might be, it is not the source of our freedom. Neither our personal wealth and fame nor any privileges that may come with them. That's what Jesus is saying. 
And then in verses 34 through 36, Jesus then says, okay, Jesus says no to those. That is, our free, the nation is not the freedom, the personal wealth is not the freedom, source of freedom, the fame is not the first source of freedom. Then what is it? And Jesus provides the answer in verses 34 through 36 saying, Jesus answered them saying, truly, truly, I said to you, by the way, when a, wo- when a word is repeated in, in, the, in, the, in the Jewish custom more than once, Sometimes two times, sometimes three times. What it means is, hey, something important that I'm saying. Listen. Listen. So truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. What Jesus is saying is that our problem... It's enslavement to sin. Not the nation that we live in. Or our social or economic standing in that particular nation. And that only He can free us from it. Now here at Midland Free, we always say this from start to finish. The triune God, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is involved in setting us free from our sins. God the Father, because of His love and mercy, initiated it on His own and to send His Son, Jesus Christ, to set us free from our sins. He took the initiator. He was the initiator. The Son, Jesus, in obedience to the Father, went to the cross to atone for our sins. The word atonement refers to the work work that Jesus did to earn our salvation. And the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins and causes us to repent and believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. That's what Jesus is saying. He is the answer. Then in verses verses 31 and 32, Jesus says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now the word truth means two things. The very words spoken by Jesus. Because when he lived on earth, he spoke, he preached, he taught. Or more broadly, God's word given to us in the form of our Bible today. God's word. We call the Bible the God's word. They are inspired, error free, and it's complete and sufficient. Everything that we need to live on this earth is there. Further, it also means Jesus himself. Because he has said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he says, I am the truth. So it would one, in one way it would mean word of God. In the other way it would mean Jesus himself. In other words, when God's word abides in us, we get to know Jesus who then sets us free from our enslavement to sin. That's what Jesus is saying. Now let me illustrate all of these, what I have said, with two examples. You will see some pictures on the screen. Let's talk about these two guys. 
Johnny Manziel. Some of you know him, some of you don't know him, so let me explain. Young man, currently 23 years old, played football quarterback for Texas A&M and set all kinds of NCAA Division I records, many of them. And for that, he was, he, he was given the Heisman Trophy, which is given to the top football player in the nation. And then, two or three years ago, he was drafted by the Cleveland Browns in the first round. And signed him to multi-year, multi-million dollar contract. So here it is, soon after college, top-rated quarterback, immediately a multi-millionaire. Moreover, while he was playing football... In Texas A&M, they coined this uh, nickname for him, Johnny Football. In other words, Johnny is football, football is Johnny. Right? And he trademarked that, and he was making millions more using that trademark. Anytime somebody wanted to you know, put a t-shirt that says Johnny Football, well, you paid him royalties. Besides, let's call it, he lives in the richest nation on the face of the earth, one of the freest nations in the face of the earth, the only superpower in the face of the earth, and therefore let's call it the greatest nation on the face of the earth. Right? So if these were the source of freedom, the nation, personal wealth, and fame, and all the privileges that come with those, Johnny Manziel would be free. But he is not. He is addicted to drugs. So much so, Cleveland Browns let him go. They gave him so many chances. Eventually, they cut him loose. So he's a free agent, whatever that means. Most likely, he would never play football again. He is enslaved to drugs. He is enslaved to sin of drug addiction. In a recent interview with the sports television network called ESPN, his dad, Paul Menzel, said this. My son is a druggie and he needs help. There are two things that are going to happen. He's either going to die or he's going to figure out he needs help. Hopefully he doesn't die before he comes to his senses. He has more money than me. That's dad speaking. 
so he can outrun me. But we have done everything we can do. I hate to say this, but I hope he goes to jail. I mean, that would be the best place for him right now. You see, it's a clear example of not the nation that we live in, how wealthy, how free, how great. They're not the sources of freedom. Personal wealth is not the source of freedom. Personal fame is not the source of freedom or any privileges that associate those are not the sources of freedom. Christ is. Now let's take a look at the next person. Tim Tebow. Like Manzal, young man, five years older, 28 years old. He played quarterback for the University of Florida and won a national championship for them. Actually, I think it's two. Two national championships for them. For those, he was also given the highest honor given to any college football player. That is, he won the Heisman Trophy. And as a top-rated quarterback then, he was drafted by the Denver Broncos in the first round. Very similar to Johnny, Johnny Menzel in every, every sense of the word. Given a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract, and therefore straight out of college, he was wealthy. He had personal wealth. And he had fame. And then the third picture there, you will see T-Boeing, right? He trademarked that. And as a result, he's making millions more by selling that trademark. So he, had, he lives in one of the greatest nations on the face of the earth. A free country, richest country, superpower. And because of the God-given skills, he was able to sign a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract and making millions and millions of dollars and all that. So in, in, in every sense of the word, he is very similar to Johnny Manziel. But that's where the similarities end. Whereas Menzel is enslaved to drugs, Tebow is free because of Jesus. Born to parents who are missionaries to the Philippines, today he is a born again believer. And here's what he says on the Tim Tebow Foundation website. So let me read this to you. And I quote, From a very early age, my parents instilled in me the importance of God's word. The salvation we have in his son Jesus. And the responsibility we have to give back to others. 
That's why in 2010, I was so excited to create the Tim Tebow Foundation with the mission to bring faith, hope, and love to those needing a brighter day in their darkest hour of need. The foundation fulfills this mission every day by making dreams come true for children with life-threatening illnesses. Building Timmy's, Timmy's playrooms in children's hospitals. Providing life-changing surgeries to children of the Philippines through the Tim Tebow Keo Hospital. Sponsoring Night to Shine, a nationwide prom for people with special needs. Providing care for orphans in four countries and adoption aid grants for families who choose to adopt an international child with special needs. That's Tim Tebow. You see, there's nothing wrong about living in the world's richest nation or the most powerful nation. There's nothing wrong in gaining personal wealth and fame and the privileges that come with those. However, they are not the sources of freedom. Jesus is. And that's why Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel are where they are today. Tebow is free because he knows Jesus and Jesus has set him free. Menzel is still slave to sin because he doesn't know Jesus. You know, this past week, we were discussing some of these uh, during our staff prayer time. Usually we do that on, uh, on Tuesday. So Pastor Chuck, who had just returned from a mission trip to Butler, Pennsylvania, Relate a story of a woman who had, who had been freed from drug addiction. The leader of the ministry in Butler, Pennsylvania had shared with Pastor Chuck and the, and the mission team that went there from Midland Free. That in his ministry over several decades, he had never seen anyone getting free from drug addiction without Jesus. No one. So, only Jesus can set us free from our enslavement to sin. Any kind of sin. Not the nation, not the wealth, not the fame, and not the privileges that come with any of those. But there's one more thing that we need to know about this freedom that Jesus gives That is while we are freed from being slaves to sin, we don't remain free. It's a strange concept. We don't remain free. Instead, we become slaves again. But this time, however, as slaves of Christ. So here we are, you know, we were, once we were slave to sin... Jesus comes along, he's the only one who can free us from being, uh, being slave to sin. And then once Jesus frees us, we become slaves all over again 
But this time, however, slaves of Jesus. So our journey really is from slavery to slavery. That's the Christian freedom. That's the freedom that Bible teaches. Now let me show this to you by, uh, by some examples, okay? For example, in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says this. This is how he writes, begins the letter. Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ. Now the Greek word that is translated as servant is actually doulos, which is a word that you may have heard previously, may not have, but it really means slave. It's not servant, it's slave. It appears 124 times in the, in the original Greek test of the New Testament. And virtually in all cases, it has been translated as servant in the English Bible, English Bible, but the real word is actually slave. Why have we translated the word doulos, which, is, which appears 124 times in the New Testament Greek, into servant? Because of the negative connotations we have about the word slave and the slavery. And so in order to soften that language, it is always translated as servant. But there's a huge difference between the two, servant and slave, says John MacArthur in his book, Slave, the Hidden Truth About Your Identity in Christ. Let me read that for you, and I quote, Servants are hired Slaves are owned. There's a difference. Servants have an element of freedom in choosing whom they work for and what they do. They maintain some level of self-autonomy and personal rights. Slaves, on the other hand, have no freedom, autonomy, or rights. They were considered property. To the point that in the eyes of the law, they were regarded as things rather than persons. To be someone's slave was to be his possession, bound to obey his will without hesitation or argument. End quote. So that's a huge difference. So the English translation actually misses the point. So the actual translation here is that Paul, a slave, of Christ Jesus. I am owned by him. I do whatever that he asked me to do without any argument or questions. And I don't have the freedom a servant might have. So here again, Apostle Paul was once a slave to sin. Jesus frees him. And then he right, comes right back. And be a slave to Jesus. Christian freedom is going from slavery to slavery, slavery to sin, to slavery to Jesus. Because Christ, the Bible says, Christ has bought us with the price we belong to him. Now, Apostle Paul was not the only one, by the way. I'm going to show you some of the quotes. Here's Apostle Peter, who says, again, the English translation misses the whole point. Same word, doulos, slave. 
So it would it should read like this: Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. Second Peter one one. Jesus' brother James writes, James, again, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus' other brother, Jude, writes, Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and the brother of James. Jude, chapter 1, verse 1. You know, there's another funny thing that happened in, the, in early Christianity. You know, in early Christianity... If you did not bow down and worship the emperor, who usually you know, maintained the name Caesar, you were brought into trial, and they asked you to deny whatever that you are believing and worship Caesar, and if not, you were martyred, you were killed. Sometimes thrown into the lion's den, and sometimes you were burned at the stake. You know, however, they, they killed you. But when the Christians came, and they were asked, who are you? Most of them said this way, I am a Christian, a slave of Christ. Suddenly the hearing judge on the other end, okay, this guy looks like seems to be a slave of somebody. And again, if you're a slave of somebody, you are owned by somebody else, and they would send their officials to find out whose slave this person was. Because he couldn't kill someone else's slave, because it's their property. You have to go through the proper channels and you know, all of that. And until they figure out these people are talking about Jesus. That's how they identified themselves. I am a Christian, a slave of Christ. And that's what we are. That we go from slavery to slavery through freedom in Jesus Christ. Being slaves to sin, now we are slaves of Christ. So what's the practical application of all of this? I mean, we have to ask it. What's the practical application of being freed from sin, now slave to Christ? Then what? And I want to give you, there are several that I could give you, but I want to read two scriptures to you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, which has already been mentioned previously. For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. In other words, don't go back. But true love, here again, it misses, the English translation misses the point. It's not serve. It's again doulos again. But true love be slaves to one another. Be slaves to one another. The second verse that I want to leave you with is this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. For though I am free from all, because Christ had set me free, Apostle Paul's writing, I have made myself a, again the word, doulos, slave, slave to all, that I might win more of them. Christian freedom is going from slavery to slavery, from being slaves to Christ, from being slaves to sin, to becoming slaves of Christ.
That's why the Tim Tebow Foundation feels the responsibility to give back to others. To bring faith, hope, and love to those needing a brighter day in their darkest hour of need. That's why it works among children with life-threatening illnesses. Builds Timmy's playrooms in children's hospitals. Supports children needing life-changing surgeries. Sponsors events for people with special needs. And provides care for orphans and adoption aid grants for families who choose to adopt an international child with special needs. So on this weekend, as we celebrate freedom that our nation enjoys, let us also celebrate the freedom that we enjoy in Christ Jesus. That we are slaves to Christ. And then with that, go around and do good things on behalf of Christ as we become slaves to others as well. Let's pray.